بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه ما بعد. We stopped halfway through the explanation of Sheikh Zaid's um, words concerning the hadith uh, within the chapter. قول النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اللهم علمه الكتاب اللهم علمه الكتاب Oh Allah, teach him the book. And Al-Bukhari, he brought the hadith from Ibn Abbas, radiyallahu anhuma, when he mentioned, Dhammani Rasulullah, that the Rasulullah, he embraced me, and he said, Allahumma allimhu al-kitab. Oh Allah, teach him the book. And so we began the explanation, we began reading from uh, Sheikh Zaid, rahimahullah. And... We came to the point where the Sheikh he mentioned how it was it was narrated that Abdullah ibn Abbas that he would يعني, that after the passing of the Rasul that he يعني, would go to, to those more senior than him and those يعني, senior companions and he would go and uh, take hadith from them and, and learn from them. And the Sheikh he mentioned that, that narration from uh, a Darimi, and then uh, the Sheikh he mentions thereafter. So this is for those who are following on page ninety-seven. وَكَانَ الرَّجُلَ الْأَنْصَارِ يَحْضُرُ يَحْضُرُ وَالنَّاسِ يَتَفَاوَدُونَ يَتَوَافَدُونَ عَلَى إِبْنِ عَبَّاسٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا طَائِفَةً بَعْدَ الطَّائِفَةِ that that man who was with Abdullah ibn Abbas. That he was present and he saw that the people, they would come yani in groups. They would come in groups to Abdullah ibn Abbas, one group after the other. And so then he said, لَقَدْ كُنْتُ أَعْقَلُ مِنِّي أَفْوَنْ لَقَدْ كُنْتَ نَعْمْ أَعْقَلُ مِنِّي يَا ابْنَ عَبَّاسِ So when he saw this and he saw that the people were coming to him, one group after the other, coming to him for that knowledge that he had and that understanding of the book of Allah that he said to him that you are more knowledgeable than me ya ibn abbas tadhakkara ar-rajul yawm an arada alayhi ibn abbas radiyallahu anhuma litafaqaha fil ilmi sawiya and so he remembered the day that uh, abdullah ibn abbas and himself they they came together uh, to to yani understand uh, that knowledge together, وَحَسَلَ مَا حَسَلَ and they occurred what they what occurred between them, referring to that uh, hadith before. وَعَتَرَفَ الْأَنْصَارِ so this 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 Ansari the Sahabi al-Ansari, he acknowledged he acknowledged that Abdullah ibn Abbas uh, was correct when he said that we should take knowledge from the kibar of the Sahaba. The kibar of the Sahab bijid, yani in a, in a serious manner. Yani we, it's, it's a serious matter that we should take from them whilst they that they are many uh, and still alive. Naam. Naam. And then the Sheikh mentions, "Alhamdulillah, yahmilu hadl ilm in kulli khalaf adulu." That this knowledge is passed down and carried. From the Salaf and from those who preceded, it is 
passed down by the Khalaf, meaning by the successors, those who come later. Khalaf is the opposite of Salaf. The trustworthy ones from them. فَكَانَ ibn Abbas So he was from Abdullah ibn Abbas, from the Udul, from the trustworthy uh, narrators, from the trustworthy carriers of the religion. And so he would take from the kibar of the Sahaba. He would take from the more senior, older companions. And as we mentioned uh, last week, it is mentioned that Abdullah ibn Abbas, due to his young age, that those ahadith that he recorded and narrated, and those narrations that have been preserved from him, we mentioned they reached over a thousand, because he is from the Mukhtarin. Only seven of the companions narrated over a thousand. Only seven. Uh, Abu Huraira having the, the most of them. But Abdullah ibn Abbas likewise narrated over a thousand. He narrated a thousand six hundred and sixty ahadith. One thousand six hundred and sixty ahadith, Abdullah ibn Abbas. However, if you gather all of those narrations together, those ahadith wherein he mentions, I heard the Rasul say, or I saw him, or I heard him, only a handful, around 20 odd. Around 20 odd. Which shows that he heard the bulk of his narrations so that, that he, he narrated from the senior companions. He took from the senior companions. Now, um, and so, again, this shows to us that he was from the Udul, he was from the trustworthy narrators who took from the Sahaba, who took from the Kibar, even though he was a Sahabi himself, even though he was a companion himself, and he uh, took from the Rasulullah directly. But he likewise, after the passing of the Rasulullah, he took from uh, the Kibar of the Sahaba, he preserved that knowledge and passed it down. Now, the Udul al-Ladina zakkahum al-Nabi sallam ma'a husni al-Qasdi wal-Ikhlas fi talabi wal-Nashar. Yani those trustworthy ones whom the Prophet praised with having good intention and sincerity in seeking knowledge and passing that knowledge on. فَمَنْ فَعْلَ ذَلِكْ فَإِنَّهُ لَا يَخِيبًا So whoever does as such, then he will never, he will never be in loss. بَلْ هُوَ مِنَ الْعُدُولِ وَحَمَلَةِ الْعِلْمِ وَلَا يَحْمِلُ الْعِلْمِ إِلَّا الشُّرَفَاءِ مِنَ النَّاسِ Rather, the one who does as such, then he is from the Udul, from the trustworthy ones, and he's from the carriers of knowledge, and this knowledge is not carried except by the noble ones, from the people. الَّذِينَ صَلُحَتْ نِيَّاتُهُمْ Those whose intentions are sound and correct. وَصَلُحَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ And likewise their hearts are sound. And this is in every time, فِي كُلِّ زَمَانِ وَفِي كُلِّ مَكَانِ Every time and place. وَلَا تَزَلْ طَائِفَ مِنْ أُمَّةِ مُحَمَّدٍ عَلَيْهِ سَلَةُ وَالسَّلَامِ عَلَى الْحَقِّ And there will never cease to be a group from the Ummah, from the nation of Muhammad who are upon the truth. There will never cease to be a group who are upon the truth. وَهُمْ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ And they are the people of knowledge. كَمَا قَالَ أَحْمَدْ رَحِمَهُ اللَّهِ Just as Imam Ahmed, he said, إِنْ لَمْ يَكُونُوا أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ فَلَا أَدْرِي مَنْهُمْ He said that if, I, if, they, if this group who remains to be upon the truth, if they are not the people of knowledge and the people of hadith, if they are not the people of hadith, then I don't know who they are. يَعْنِي بِقَوْلِهِ هُمْ أَهْلِ الْحَدِيثِ What he means by his, his, his saying, Imam Ahmed, 
is that they are that saved and victorious group are the people of hadith يعني لأن أهل الحديث هم أهل التفسير وهم أهل العناية بالقرآن تلاوة وفحما للأحكام and that is because the people of hadith scholars of hadith they are the people of tafsir those who are able to explain the Quran and the Sunnah and likewise they are people of inayah people of concern they give special concern uh, to the Quran tilawatan wa fahman yani in, in the reciting of the Quran and likewise in understanding the Quran having understanding understanding of its rulings وهم أهل الدعوة إلى الله على بصيرة and likewise they are the people of Da'wah, the people who call to Al-Islam. The people who call to the Qur'an and to the Sunnah. And they call to Allah upon Basira, upon insight. وَهُمْ أَهْلُ الْجِهَادِ وَهُمْ أَهْلُ النُّصْحِ وَهُمْ أَهْلُ النُّصْحِ لِعِبَادِ اللَّهِ فِي نَشْرِ الْعِلْمِ بَيْنَهُمْ They are the people of jihad and they are the people of giving sincere advice to the servants of Allah uh, when يعني, uh, spreading that knowledge between themselves. إذ لا تطيب الحياة إلا بالعلم والتعلم والعمل. Since life cannot be a good life, there can there can be no good life except through knowledge, learning, and action. وبذلك تسعد الأمة. And by way of this, the ummah becomes يعني an ummah that is blessed and an ummah that is happy. Now, so this uh, brings us on to the next chapter. Uh, and it is the chapter with the heading Bab Mata Yasihu Sama'u Sagir. Mata Yasihu Sama'u Sagir. And so we can see how this fits in nicely to the previous chapter. Al Bukhari, we've seen, he brings in the chapters uh, uh, in, in a particular order or, in, or with a particular reason that he has for uh, bringing the various chapters that he's brought in this kitab. And he does so showing that there's a connection between the uh, chapters and the, and the hadith. And so here the chapter heading is, when is it correct to take and listen to, to the one who is young? When, it, when is it correct to take knowledge from him and to take his narrations from the one who is young? And then Al-Bukhari, he brings two uh, hadith. First, Haddathana Ismail ibn Abi Uwais. So this is the Shaykh al-Bukhari saying that uh, Malik narrated to him, Haddathani Malik an ibn Shihab an Ubaidillah ibn Abdillah ibn Utbah an Abdillah ibn Abbas. And so with the chain up to Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma, قال أقبلتو راكبا على همار he said that I, I, I came uh, riding um, a female donkey. On a female donkey. وأنا يوم إذن قد ناهزت الاحتلام. And that day, I, um, I was close to attaining puberty. hadn't re- hadn't yet reached puberty, but he was close to reaching puberty. ورسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يصلي بمنا إلى غير جدار. And the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم was praying in Mina 
إلى غير جدار يعني meaning there was there was no war before him but the scholars of hadith and the, uh, the 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 people of knowledge they say that the meaning of this is that he pr- he prayed without a sutra that there was no sutra before him there was no sutra that sutra which is which is that barrier which you place before you something which you place before you when you pray famarartu bayna yaday ba'd as-saf wa arsaltu al-atan tarta' So he said that I passed between some of the rows and I sent the donkey tarta, meaning to, 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 to graze. فَدَخَلْتُ فِي الصَّفِ So then I entered the row, meaning I joined the row and I prayed with them. فَلَمْ يُنْكَرَ ذَلِكَ عَلَيَّ أَحَدَ And no one rejected that from me. No one rebuked me. Now, so this is the first hadith. The second hadith, حَدَّثَنِي مُحَمَّدِ بْنِ يُوسُفِ قَالْ حَدَّثَنَا أبو مسحر قال حدثني محمد بن حرب حدثني الزبيدي عن الزهري عن محمود بن ربيع رضي الله عنه قال زود الشين to محمود بن ربيع who said أقلت من النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مجة مجها في وجهي وأنا ابن خمس سنين من دلوين نعم so he, he says, meaning, uh, I remember. I remember from the Prophet that he took water from a bucket with his, with his mouth and then he, he, he threw it into my face. He spat it on my face. Now, uh, so this is the second hadith. Uh, and the Shaykh will explain these uh, two narrations in this chapter. Uh, and the Shaykh he says, يؤخذ من هذا الحديث ما ذكره المؤلف رحمه الله في الترجمة متى يصح سماع الصغير ويعتبر به ويؤخذ به ويروى عنه ذلك وذكر لذلك مثالين. What is taken from this hadith that which Al-Bukhari has mentioned in the chapter heading. When is it correct to listen to the young narrator? And when do we يعني, uh, receive and take, accept his narrations uh, and narrate from him? And Al-Bukhari, he mentioned for this two examples. Al-Mithal al-Awwal, the first, the hadith of Ibn Abbas wherein he said that I came riding on a female donkey and I um, and that day I had not yet attained puberty whilst the Rasulullah was praying towards Mina without a sutra and so I passed through some of the rows and then I sent the donkey to graze and I entered the row he said أقبلت راكبا على همار أتان. I came riding a, a, a donkey. أتان. The Sheikh mentions that the meaning of أتان is أنثى, female, a female donkey. وأنا يوم إذن قد نازحت الاحتلام. And on that day, I had not yet attained puberty. The Sheikh he explains the Arabic word ناهزت ناهزت الاحتلام. He says محتلم ولكن قارب البلوغ. That he hadn't yet reached puberty, but he was close to. 
He was close to it. Nam. Nam. Walam yajri alayhi qalam taklif walakin qarab dhalik. Yani meaning the, the, the pen had not yet yani started to write his deeds. Uh, however, he was close to that. As we know, the pen is lifted from the one who uh, yeah, and he is, 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 is young or a child up until he reaches puberty. Now, what Rasulullah sallallahu And so I joined, the, uh, I saw the Rasulullah praying, he was praying uh, without a sutra, and I, pa- I passed uh, between some of the rows and I sent the donkey to graze, meaning. Tamshi wa ta'kul, the meaning of tarta, yani. The meaning of tarta is to, 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 uh, walk and to eat. Meaning the donkey. And so I entered the, the row and no one rejected that from me. فَيُؤْخَذْ مِنْهُ سَحَةُ السَّمَاعِ مَنْ كَانَ دُونَ الْبُلُوغُ So the Shaykh, he mentions that this shows to us, uh, the correct nature of taking from the one who hasn't reached puberty yet. كما يؤخذ منه أن الإمام سترة لجميع المأمومين. Likewise, what is taken from it is that the Imam, the Imam is a sutra. He is that barrier of protection, and as it connect, as, uh, as it relates to the salah, he is that sutra for the rest of the ma'mumin, the rest of those who are being uh, led in prayer. To those who are being led in prayer. وَلَا يَضُرُّهُمْ مَا مَرَّ بَيْنَ أَيْدِيهِمْ لِأَنَّ الْإِمَامُ سُتْرَتُهُمْ And whatever passes between them, between their rows, the rows of those who are being led in prayer, that nothing uh, harms their prayer, nothing harms uh, يعني their salah. وَأَنَّهُ وَإِنْ كَانَتْ حَسَلَتْ مَفْسَدَةً تُلْفِتُ الْأَنْذَارِ إِلَّا أَنَّهَا خَفِيفَةً وَهُوَ مَرُورُ الْأَتَانِ بَيْنَ يَدَيْ الصَّفِّ وَالْمَصْلَحَ دُخُولِ إِبْنُ عَبَّاسِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا فِي الصَّلَاةِ وَثَبَاتُ النَّاسِ عَلَى مَا هُمْ عَلَيْهِ Sheikh, he mentions that even though there may be some, يعني, uh, something uh, dislike that takes place when that occurs, such as the uh, those in prayer uh, looking away يعني, uh, and, and, and being distracted, Yani, this is like a mafsad and something which is kind of like, uh, something which comes and corrupts. Yani, when it comes to the word itself, mafsad, means something which corrupts. Um, but not that it corrupts the prayer, but yani, it's something which is, uh, which is, yani, it is, it is not the ideal situation, uh, that they look away. However, it's something khafifa, it's something light. Something light. Um, but the maslaha and the, the overall benefit is that Abdullah ibn Abbas, even though he's walking through the, the, the rows, then the maslaha is, and the benefit is that he is then able to join the prayer. Naam. فَيُرْوَ هَذَا عَنِ ibn Abbas رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمَا وَيُحْفَظْ وَهُوَ دُونَ الْبُلُوغُ so this was narrated from Abdullah ibn Abbas, and we saw the narration of Bukhari himself is bringing out, bringing this narration from those who narrated to him, and those who uh, narrated, uh, yani before before Al Bukhari from 
the life in Abbas that we see that the narrations of the life in Abbas were narrated, preserved, even though he was uh, يعني below puberty. ومن هنا أخذ صحة السماع الصغير وأنه يعتبر به في نقل النصوص وثبوت الأحكام. وثبوت الأحكام. Now, likewise, what we take from it is again the permissibility and the correct nature of taking from the one who is young uh, and how we, uh, uh, يعني we accept that which he uh, يعني transmits from the texts and in the establishment of the rulings. كما يؤخذ من الحديث جواز الصلاة إلى غير سترة. And likewise, what is taken from the hadith is the permissibility of prayer يعني towards or, or, or prayer without a sutra. Yeah, this hadith shows to us the permissibility of prayer without a sutra. And it's a good point that the Sheikh mentions here because it is a difference of opinion. The Sheikh mentions that from here we, يعني, we know that there is a difference of opinion uh, amongst the people of knowledge concerning this matter. The matter of taking a sutra. وحاصله, and يعني the Sheikh is saying that the summary of it is هل اتخاذ السترة واجبة على كل مصلين أم أنها سنة فقط عند الإمكان من اتخذها and the summary of that difference of opinion is the question is the taking of a sutra something which is obligatory for everyone who prays or is it only a sunnah Yani when you have the, possi- the ability and it's, and it's possible for you to take a sutra. والصحيح and that which is correct according to the Sheikh is أن اتخاذ المصلي سترة من السنن لا من الواجبات. That it, it, it is a sunnah. It is from the sunnah, from the sunnah acts of worship and it is not from the wajibat. والأدلة على أنها ليست واجبة صريحة في ذلك. And the evidence is Showing that it is not obligatory, sariha, uh, yani they're outright clear. Kahad al hadith, such as this hadith, فالنبيو صلى الله عليه وسلم كان يصلي بالناس إلى غير جدار. Because in this hadith we see that the Rasul صلى الله عليه وسلم was praying, leading the people in prayer, إلى غير جدار, meaning إلى غير سترة. That he was praying. Without a sutra. وإذا ثبت ذلك فلا حرج على المصلي أن يصلي أن يصلي بدون سترة. And so if this is established, which it is, Sahih Bukhari, we're reading from, that there's no harm, no sin upon the one who prays, prays, that he prays to, يعني, uh, that he prays without a sutra. وهذا الذي ترجح في هذا الموضوع كما سبق ذلك قريبا. And this is what is the stronger position uh, in this uh, in this matter the sheikh he says although the sheikh did uh, mention did indicate clearly that there is a difference of opinion there's a is a, there's a matter of uh, it's a matter of khilaf and to be honest with you it's a strong uh, difference because even though we've heard this hadith here it might seem to be outright clear clear evidence to show that it's permissible to pray without a sutra those who say that you that the sutra is wajib, they also have evidences. They also have evidences. 
And they explain this hadith away, and they say the fact that Abdullah, Abdullah ibn Abbas said that he prayed without a sutra, or jidar, they say we go back to the origin of the word. He prayed without a, yani, without a wall being there in front, because Mina, as we know, is an open area. It's an open area. I say it's just like open land. And, yeah, yani, uh, the, 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 those who say that this hadith cannot be used to take the obligation of the sutra away. Because, as we mentioned, there are ahadith, where Nirususam, he said, that when one of you prays, then let him take a sutra and let him draw near to it. Naam, and so on. Many other ahadith. They say, in response to this hadith here that we have heard today, that the negation of a wall that the Prophet prayed towards prayed with uh, yani, and there was no wall before him is a negation of a wall but it isn't a negation of anything else he could have had a saddle in front of him now uh, so this is how they respond to this but then at the same time they say well the reason why Abdullah ibn Abbas is mentioning this is to point out that he, he didn't have a sutra that he didn't have a sutra that he didn't Yani, uh, have anything before him uh, where he was praying towards. Um, the majority, to, yani, to be honest, the majority of the scholars hold that it is not wajib. The four imams, all of the, all of the, all of the four imams, say that it is sunnah muakkada. That it is a sunnah. It is it is something which is sunnah, and it is it is not wajib. And many of the of the present day scholars. From them, Sheikh Abdul Aziz ibn Baz, likewise Sheikh ibn Taymiyyah, rahimahullah. From them, Sheikh Salih Fawzan. Many of the scholars, they hold that it is, it, it, is, it is sunnah when they look at the evidences together. Because it is not possible that something is sunnah, is something is wajib, that we read some narrations from the Rasulullah which indicate that it is wajib, but then at the same time, he would pray without a sutra. How is it possible that the Rasulullah will say something is wajib, but then not do it himself? So what they say, and they have a principle in fiqh, what they say here, in this situation, what it means, and those narrations that may give the meaning, or bring across the meaning that it is obligatory, the fact that there are narrations to show that the Rasulullah didn't do that which these narrations indicate, Shows that it is something which is a sunnah mu'akkada, a stressed sunnah. Something stressed. It's, it's highly stressed to do it. However, it is not obligatory due to these other evidences. So this is the, the reason why we have, uh, this difference of opinion in this matter. However, a very important point to mention is that there are those who may come across one of these positions. So, and we've seen this even from those who Attribute themselves to knowledge, those who attribute themselves to the way of the Salaf, and they say, I'm Salafi, follow the way of the Salaf, I follow the Imams, and so on. And they may read one position, so they read the position that it is wajib. They come across this position, they come across the scholars who hold this position, such as Imam Ibn Khuzayma from previous, from the old times, Ibn Khuzayma, Ibn Khuzayma Imam al Shawkani, Sheikh al Albani, Rahimahullah, they hold it's wajib. So, uh, the student of knowledge may come across their statements, come across the evidences they use, and then he, he thinks that this is the only position. And he behaves in a such a way that when he sees someone else not taking a sutra, 
that he gets into debate he 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 he, he maybe he shows yani rejection in a way which yani it is not it is not befitting he behaves in a way that you would understand from him that this is the only position that exists and that it's an innovation or it's an extremely weak position for you not to pray to uh, for, for you to pray without a sutra however the point we're trying to make is there are great scholars from those who we as salafis hold to be great imams the four imams all of them likewise the imams even if we put aside the four imams we may say okay they were they were imams of old we're talking about even present day scholars scholars that we love and we uh yeah, I mean, we we, we uh, respect and love in a great way the present day scholars we mentioned Sheikh Abdul Aziz in Ubas Sheikh Muhammad bin Salih Al-Thamim Sheikh Salih Al-Fawzan and other than them many of them they say that that, that it is sunnah based on what we've mentioned so it is not befitting for a Salafi that he he says about those who take this latter position here this position of Sheikh Zaid and those scholars we mentioned and that he shows rejection and he, he, he responds in a way uh, where he belittles them because it is as though he's saying that these scholars they're acting yani, without knowledge they're acting without knowledge but rather what we see is there are evidences and we don't have this bad suspicion of, our, of the scholars that they're, they're just following their desires or they're following something weak but rather we see they've made ijtihad and the more a person looks into the, these not just this matter but those matters where there are differences of opinion you begin to see that yani, it is not a straightforward issue and one time you may read the evidence and you think yes you know it's, it's clear that it's wajib to have a sutra but then you look a bit more and then you begin to to swerve towards the other position because you read their evidences their responses to the evidences used by the scholars who hold the other position and it's very easy for you to, to to see that hold on it's not a straightforward issue and it's possible that you change your positions which happens also with the scholars many of them they change their positions throughout their life they they, they look de, de, uh, yani, uh, into into matters with uh, yeah, any, uh, with, in more detail, and they they change their positions, and so again, um, this is something which uh, the student of knowledge he uh, bears in mind when it comes to these differences of opinion. Now, salam. Yes, yes. Oh well, the the the, the only time when the the prayer is uh, incorrect, when some when some when someone passes before the one who is praying, the Rasulullah mentioned in the Hadith three matters. He said the uh, the donkey, he said the black dog, and the woman. When a woman passes before you, other than that, anything that passes. Uh, before you, it doesn't break the prayer. Your prayer is correct. And the Rasulullah, likewise, he said many ahadith when you gather them together, he said that uh, one of you should prevent the one who attempts to pass before you. He should he should prevent him and he should fight him off. And if he persists, yeah, and he should he should he should continue and fight him because he's a shaitan. 
because he's a shape man. If he persists now, if he realizes, because it can happen where someone is walking by and he doesn't realize, and he sees, yeah, and he doesn't realize that you're praying, and he walks by you, but you stop him. At that point now, if he's he, he's realized that you're praying, but even now, he, if he continues, then it shows that he's belittling this affair of you being in prayer before Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and so fight him. This is what the Rasulullah said. So, yeah, and he, the this what you mentioned. There's no contradiction between what the, the, those scholars who hold this position of it being a sunnah mu'akkada. They're saying that you can you can apply all of these generations at the same time. It is sunnah. Yes, take it. Sunnah. Recommended. Highly recommended. If this happens, if someone comes to walk in front of you, 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 you prevent them. If for some reason you can't prevent them, because sometimes it, it may happen where someone walks, someone goes past you and you, you didn't even see them coming and they've walked past you. If it's none of the three, then your prayer is correct. Because the Rasulullah said that the prayer is the uh, there's, th- there's three things that break off the prayer. So anything other than these two things, the prayer is okay. So if a child goes by, if a man goes by, because the hadith mentions a woman, meaning uh, when you gather the narrations together, al, uh, the hadith of Abdullah bin Abbas, he said al mara al haib, the menstruating woman, meaning the woman who has reached puberty. So if it's a young girl, for example, your daughter runs past you, she's still a child, your prayer is correct. If a man walks by, again, you weren't able to stop him. You should, the, the origin is you try to stop him. But if you didn't see him come in, he walks past you, your prayer is still correct. Right? Um, however, because of that hadith, of this hadith today that we've seen, the fact that we see that the Rasul prayed without uh, sutra, they say that this shows that it is not obligatory to do so. However, without a doubt, and it wasn't the intention to go into the matter of the sutra, but obviously the Sheikh he brought he brought this matter and the hadith itself anyway. Wallah um, alam, what seems to be the stronger position is the position that it is obligatory. And at the very least, at the very least, sunnah uh, uh, without a doubt, sunnah and a person should strive, strive to to um, to to have a sutra and take a sutra. Now, and by way of that, he'll also be acting upon the principle, which is to go along with the ahwap, the most cautious, the most cautious, and that which yani there's safety in, there's safety in going with that position. It's the most cautious, cautious position. Now, wallahu alam. However, again, even though I said that, I might change my position next week because <laughs> it's one of those. If you go, if you look into it, you'll see. Yani, it's not. Sometimes it's not as straightforward. Now. Al-Mithal al-Thani, the Sheikh, he continues and he says that the second example is uh, the story of Mahmoud ibn Rabi' when he said that I remembered from the Prophet ﷺ that he uh, took some water from a bucket, put it in his mouth, and then he, he spat it into my face. And I was khamsinin, five years old. He remembered, even though he's five years old. Wal-Majjah, hmm? the Sheikh, he mentions, the meaning of majja, which is coming in the hadith, is to take water, is is to spit out water from the mouth, um, so as to spit it onto someone's face. That's the meaning of majja here. And this occurred, yani from the Rasulullah, yani as um, 
يعني the Rasulullah he was playing with him. He was he was playing with him because he was a young child. Just يعني playing around with him. فما نسيه الغلام. But even though he was a child at the time, he didn't forget. وهو ابن خمس سنين. And he was five years old. فقصها ورواها. And so he narrated it. Um, and he, he, he told that story of that which occurred between him and the Rasulullah and he narrated it. وحملت عنه. وهي الدليل على أنه إذا إذا تحمل الصغير حديثا ونحوه ثم قصه ورواه فإنه يقبل ويؤخذ منه ويعمل بروايته والله أعلم وكفى نعم. So the Sheikh he mentions that um, this, it is a proof uh, that we take from the young one if he narrates a hadith other than a hadith he narrates something he, he, he transmits something it is accepted and taken from him acted upon it and yani, we uh, receive his uh, his his narr- uh, narrations wallahu a'lam wa kafa shaykh mentions that allah knows best and uh, is sufficient now uh, the shaykh then went on to answer some questions um inshallah just like last time what we'll do is after the the salah itself, we'll just sit together inshallah and uh, give opportunity to some of the brothers to, to read. Those who have the Arabic, they can read. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at the uh, questions and answers after the salah inshallah. Uh, the Shaykh then goes on to the next, explain the next chapter. Now. About this uh, t- uh, subject, uh, basically, if, um, you did mention that uh, yeah, if, if there's a difference of opinion, uh-huh. you can't basically uh, say about someone. Uh, what you're doing is wrong for yes, yes, yes. But if you hear a position from a scholar, uh-huh. if you you just know that position and yeah. you see someone mm-hmm. someone doing the opposite, yes, is that enough for you to uh, forbid that or? Uh, again, this is why we're we're uh, studying this affair of N. That a person, the more he he learns, he realizes that, and especially when it comes to the issues of fiqh. When it comes to the issue of fiqh, a person realizes that there's a there's an ocean out there, an ocean of knowledge, evidences, and so on. And before he speaks, that he has knowledge, and this is comes back to also uh, the the matter of commanding the good and forbidding the evil. From the conditions of commanding the good and forbidding the evil, he's knowing that it's an evil. So if you're going to tell someone, look, brother, you shouldn't be doing this, or this is the correct position, you need to have you need to have knowledge in this matter. There's no problem with you conveying and saying this is what I learned from so and so, so and so. But you shouldn't assume that this is the only position, especially like we said in, in the matters of fiqh. Sheikh Ibn he mentioned some lines of poetry wherein there was someone who wanted to study the matters of fiqh, um, and then he, when he embarked upon his journey, he 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 realized how much of a mammoth of a task it was, in the sense that. He, he bought some poetry where there was someone who wanted to hunt gazelles. And then the day he came to hunt gazelles, he was dumbfounded because he didn't know which one to hunt. Because now he, 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 there, was, there, was new, there were numerous gazelles in front of him. He didn't know which one to, to, to hunt. And this is, what hap- this is what happens when it comes to studying fiqh. When you, when you, especially when you go to the differences of opinion. You'd be, there, are, there are issues without a doubt. There are, there are matters in fiqh where there's ijma, consensus. Yes, there are issues where the scholars didn't differ, consensus. But then there are issues, many issues, where they differ. And so uh, a person, when he begins to study these matters, he realizes. Before he studied, he maybe he, th- he thought that 
okay, this issue, this is clear, this is the only position, this, you know, there's no other position. But then once he, 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 he studies, he realizes, hold on, there's not just another position, there's five other positions, six other positions. And they all have evidences. And they all have, some evidences, maybe, some positions may be weak, outright weak. Yes. But then some positions, all of them are strong. Or a number of them are strong. Now, uh, and so to, to answer that question, yes, uh, as likewise Sheikh Salim Temi, he mentioned that it is not, it is not possible for a person to force someone else to have, to hold his position. Not possible. It's not possible. That's something from Allah. Allah is the one who puts into the hearts, yani the, 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 yani that which uh, seems to be strong to an individual. You're not able to convince another person. Meaning, you can display to them. You can say to them, "Okay, look, these are, there's a difference of opinion in, the, in, these, in, in this matter here. These are the evidences." And to you, one particular position might be outright clear, and clear as the sun in the sky. It's clear to me. And the other position is weak. That's how it seems to you. But then someone else reads that he doesn't see what you see. He sees the other evidences to be stronger. So Shaykh Zimim Taymi says, in this situation, you're not able to put that in his heart. That comes from Allah. So we're not able to force people to, to, to hold up uh, the positions that we hold. And يعني, if we were to do that, then we fall into that which we rebuke and censor the muqallideen for. Those blind followers who, who, who uh, force their, their followers to follow one imam. They say, you must follow this one position. You must follow this one imam in everything. We would be no different from them. If we were to say, you must hold this position, this is the position, you must, you must hold it. Although, I know you're not saying that. Yani, what you're saying is that, if you learn something, is it okay for you to tell another individual? Yes, it's okay. But without, yani, uh, forcing that individual, and bearing in mind, that, based on the knowledge that you have, you should be aware that, there could be other positions. And most likely there will be. Most likely there will be. Now, so just keep in mind, that, Yani, um, there could be other positions. And so that, that's why it is best to always say in this situation, we're going to see also from this next chapter, it's always best to say, Allahu A'lam, Allah knows best. Humble yourself and say, Allah knows best. This is what I read. This is what seems to be strong. But Allah knows best. Allah knows best. Now, and that, that, just even that, is, that, that expression there is sufficient in allowing the listener to, 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 to understand from you that you're not saying it in a way yani, that, that, you're, that you're showing that this is the only position. No. The next chapter, Ikhwan, Bab al-Khuruj fi talib al-ilm. The chapter concerning uh, going out to study uh, knowledge and to acquire knowledge. Yani journeying in order to acquire knowledge. And then Al-Bukhari, he mentions وَرَحَلَ جَابِرْ بِنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ جَابِرْ بِنْ عَبْدِ اللَّهِ مَسِيرَةِ شَحْرِ إِلَى عَبْدِ اللَّهِ بِنْ عُنَيْسِ فِي حَدِيثٍ وَاحِدٍ Then he mentions the, the fact that Jabir ibn Abdullah he traveled the distance of a month to Abdullah ibn Unais in Sham in order to just take from him one single hadith. And we mentioned that before in a previous lesson, and the Shaykh is going to mention uh, in his explanation. The hadith after is the lengthy hadith we took just uh, maybe two lessons ago. In the previous lesson, actually. 
the uh, narration concerning Abdullah ibn Abbas when he was uh, yani, uh, debating with Al-Hurh ibn Qais concerning the Sahib of Musa, Al-Khadir. The same, exact same narration. Lengthy narration, so yani, maybe there's no need to mention, read out the, the hadith due to time. However, yani, it's almost like it's only two chapters later, three chapters later, Al-Bukhari has brought the same hadith again. Hmm. But a point to mention here is that uh, Al-Bukhari intended this book not to, not to be solely a book of hadith, just a compilation of a hadith, but it's also a book of fiqh. It is also a book of fiqh where he's actually extracting rulings. Because you could argue, and we mentioned before, that Al-Bukhari had a hadith which were authentic with him, but he didn't record in, in, in this comp- compilation here. Meaning, Al-Bukhari, Muslim likewise, it doesn't mean that these, these are the only authentic, the authentic ahadith to them. Al-Bukhari, he memorized a hundred thousand authentic ahadith. The, re- the reason why he uh, yani, uh, only narrated the amount he narrated in his Sahih is because he wanted to make it concise and likewise he wanted to make it a book of fiqh. Uh, and so you could say, okay, why did he narrate the same hadith twice? Or even three times, it can come again. He could have, he could have just recorded it one time and then brought some of those other hadith which were authentic with him that he didn't even narrate. He didn't even record. Reason why, again, is because he's extracting fiqh. He's brought it again because he's extracting a different ruling. And also another, another thing Bukhari does is it's rare that he brings a hadith, the same hadith, with the same chain. He brings it with a different chain. He brings it with a different chain to show how it's, how it's recorded by many ways, multiple ways. To show that there were, there were many people who narrated this hadith. And so again, it, all of these uh, chains together strengthen the hadith. To show that this book is a book of, of authentic hadith. And so go back to page 92, those who have the Arabic. You see on page 92 that when he brings the hadith, if you look at the chain. So this same hadith but with this chain. He says, حدثني محمد ibn غرير الزهري قال حدثني يعقوب ibn Ibrahim قال حدثني أبي حدثني أبي عن صالح عن ibn Shihab حدث أن عبيد عبيد الله عبيد الله ibn عبد الله أخبره عن ابن أباس. So with this change to chain to Abdullah ibn Abbas. But then in this hadith, the hadith of, of the topic where uh, before now. He says, حَدَّثْنَا أَبُوا الْقَاسِمْ خالد. So we see here the Shaykh narrating to Al-Bukhari is Abu Al-Qasim Khalid. But go back to the previous chain. It was who? Muhammad ibn Ghurayr. So he heard it from two different Shaykhs. And then some of those, the, 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 the narrators they narrate from are different. They meet, the, both change, Chains, they come together at one particular narrator. Who's that narrator? Ubaid? Ubaid ibn Abdullah. Are you sure? Imam Zuhri. Imam Zuhri. Because look, in the first chain, from Saleh, from Ibn Shihab. Who narrated from? Ubaidillah. Ibn Shihab. 
And then in this chain, in this chain, he says, from uh, Al-Awza'i, who said that Az-Zuhri narrated from us. Ibn Shihab in the previous chain, and Az-Zuhri here, they're both the same individual. It's the same individual, even though different. In the first chain, he was, he was, he was referred to as Ibn Shihab. In the second chain, just his nisbah was mentioned, Az-Zuhri. Because Ibn Shihab is Ibn Shihab Az-Zuhri. And so this goes, this shows also the importance for the scholars of hadith, scholars of knowing the men, knowing their names. Because a person who doesn't, who's a novice and doesn't know about hadith, he may read these chains, chains and think these are two different individuals, but they're not, it's the same individual. Now, so the same hadith, Sheikh Zayd, he says, after the alhamdulillah and, 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 and uh, Sending salat and salam from the Rasulullah He says that this saying of Al-Bukhari In his chapter heading Al-Khuruj fi Talib al-Ilm Going out to seek knowledge He says that It is of two types Going out to seek knowledge Is of two types Khuruj which is wajib Going out which is obligatory And Al-Khuruj which is mustahab Going out which is recommended As for the Khuruj which is wajib فَهُوَ مَا كَانَ لِطَلْبِ الْعِلْمِ الْمَفْرُوضِ عَلَى كُلِّ مُكَلَّفِ That is that knowledge which is obligatory upon every servant, every يعني, uh, responsible uh, uh, servant, meaning one who's reached the age of puberty. فِيمَا يَتَعَلَّقْ بِأُصُولِ الدِّينِ وَأَحْكَامِ الشِّعَائِرِ التَّعْبُدِيَّةِ الَّتِي كَلَّفَ اللَّهُ بِهَا عَالَمَ الْإِنْسِ وَالْجِنِّ and in those matters, knowledge of those obligatory matters which are connected to the foundations of the religion and the ahkam al-shi'ayr al-ta'budiyyah those rulings connected to the outward manifest uh, actions of worship like the salah and the fasting and so on the zakat and, and so on um, that which Allah has obligated upon the world of men and jinn وَذَلَكَ إِذَا لَمْ يَجِدْ الْمُكَلَّفِ مَنْ يُعَلِّمُهُ فِي مُجْتَمِعِهِ أَمْرَ دِينِهِ وَعِنْدَهُ الْقُدْرَ عَلَى الرِّحْلَى وَجِبَ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَخْرُجَ فِي طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ الْمَفْرُودِ عَلَيْهِ Now, the Shaykh mentions, this is when the servant, when he doesn't have someone within his community, someone who is able to teach him the affairs of his religion, Whilst he has the ability to travel, then it is obligatory upon him that he goes out and he travels in order to seek that, ob- that obligatory knowledge. That which the Rasulullah said concerning, concerning this situation, this, this Muslim, in this situation, طَلَبُ الْعِلْمِ فَرَيْضَةً عَلَى كُلِّ مُسْلِمْ Seeking knowledge is obligatory upon every Muslim. وَحُكْمُ الْمُسْلِمَ كَحُكْمُ الْمُسْلِمِ and the, the ruling of the Muslim woman, female Muslim, is the ruling of the Muslim man. The same ruling, obligatory. Obligatory for them to learn that knowledge which is obligatory. As for the woman traveling, as for the woman traveling in order to acquire that knowledge, then that is only if the conditions of her traveling are met. That she has a mahram and so on. 
والقسم الثاني مستحب The second category of going out to see knowledge is مستحب So the first is that going out which is obligatory Second here now is that going out on a journey to acquire that knowledge which is مستحب recommended And it is that خروج للزدياد من العلم والتوسع فيه And that is that خروج and that going out which is in order for a person to increase يعني above the obligatory knowledge that he already has acquired. He goes out to acquire an increase and, and for him to expand his knowledge, for him to expand his knowledge. إِلَى مَنْ تَعْتَقِدْ أَيُّهَا الْمُسْلِمُ أَنَّ عِنْدَهُ عِلْمًا يُفِيدُكَ مِنْهُمْ And you go, when the Muslim he goes out, when you are Muslim, you go out to one who you believe him to be, one who has knowledge with him, knowledge with which he, benefit, he can benefit you. And this خروج فيه أجر عظيم. This going out for this knowledge has a tremendous reward لأنه ضرب من ضروب الجهاد. Because it is a type of jihad. It's a type of jihad from the various types of jihad. Jihad in the way of Allah. ذلك لأن من توسع في في العلم وأخذ نصيبا وافرا من العلم الشرعي قضى حاجات الناس التي لا يحلها إلا العلماء. من الفتوى الشرعية الصحيحة ومن قسمة المواريث ومن إقامة الشعائر للناس كخطب الجمعة والأعياد والاستسقاء وغير ذلك وغير ذلك مما لا يستطيع أن يقوم به إلا من إلا من توسع في فنون العلم الشرعي. We finish with this. The Sheikh mentions um, the reason why it, it, it has a tremendous reward and the reason why it is a type of jihad from the various types of jihad in the way of Allah is uh, because one who expands his knowledge and the one who takes that great portion of knowledge from the Islamic knowledge that he, by way of that, he fulfills qada hajatin nas he is able to fulfill the needs of the people those needs which no one can solve their problems which no one can solve except for al-ulama those who have knowledge. From the uh, fatawa, from those rulings that are given, those Islamic rulings, those correct Islamic rulings, likewise, Kismet al-Mawarith, likewise he's able to help the people when it comes to them having a death in the family, when the people that now are in need of asking about the various portions of inheritance. So he's able to help them in, in uh, dividing the inheritance. And likewise, he is able to establish the sha'air, those outward, outward manifest signs of worship, as we mentioned, such as the khutb, that he's able now to address the people in the khutbas. He's able to give the khutbah, the khutbah of al-jum'ah. The khutbah of jum'ah, and likewise the, uh, the khutbah of al-a'yad, the khutbahs of Eid. And likewise, al-istisqa. Al-istisqa, we don't really see it here. Many of us probably go our whole lives and we don't, ex- we don't uh, experience Salat al-istisqa. Salat al-istisqa is when you pray for the rain. Here we have rain, alhamdulillah, in, in abundance. So, and yani, we find that uh, usually in the Muslim lands, it even comes from the command of the, the, the Amir or the, the, the king. He will say, or the, the, the ruler, he will say to the people, he'll ask them in the masajid to, to ask to ask Allah for for rain, 
يعني in those lands where there's a shortage in in, in rainfall. Um, but Salat al-Istisqa is very similar to Eid, Salat al-Eid. Two units of Salat are prayed, and then a khutbah after. The Imam stands and give a khutbah, something clearly established from the Rasulullah uh, Very similar also, it has the extra takbirs. It has the extra takbirs. Just like Salat, of, uh, Salat al-Eid. But again, something which we may, if we live, we find ourselves living our whole lives here, we may never experience this. But the Sheikh, the point he's trying to mention is that the one who acquires this knowledge, he's able now to fulfill the needs of these people and establish these uh, sha'air, these outward manifest signs of Islam when it comes to the actions of worship. He's able to give the khutb, the various khutb, because Jum'ah has a khutbah, the Eid has a khutbah, Salat al-Istisqa has a khutbah, and so on. And other than this, the Sheikh, he mentions, uh, and other than that, uh, which, yani, require, require, uh, a person expanding in that knowledge, acquiring knowledge, uh, of various, uh, sciences of the Islamic, uh, sciences.